hope everywhere. Each week, I interview people who've made a major contribution to the world. Uncommon people thinking in uncommon ways. People who share their vulnerability, prevail over their fears, and make you challenge your beliefs. Look at your accountability mirror and inspire you to change. This is going the Ultra Mile. I'm Keelan Harrington, and my guest today is Nicky Whelan, a strongman competitor since 2009. He's represented himself on a national and international level. He's competed in all sorts of competitions, some of which were the World Team Championships, Ireland's Strongest Man. And he's even gone up against World's Strongest Man, Eddie Hall, also the first man in history to deadlift 500 kilograms. Eddie, just, just to clarify. <laughs> Nicky, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for, uh, for your time and having a chat with us. Thank you very much, Keenan. And I'm, I'm honored to be on your show and uh, really looking forward to our chat. Yeah, so this is where we're going to go. It's a conversation between two people, and I know you with a long time. And what I like about what yeah. I do is bringing the experience of the guests to the show, or bringing the experience, rather, of the guests to the uh, listeners, so that they can go on a journey of experience and learn some lessons by listening to other people. And I know you've really overcome massive things in your life, and your achievements have been phenomenal. So that's why um, I really feel... It was fitting to have you on, especially we connected a lot more a few months ago, and that that just it brought all the pieces together. So, some other sports that you've also played, you've been a big sports fan all your life. I mean, you've had things like football, basketball, powerlifting, and you know why strongman? What brought you to strongman? Strongman was um, it was pretty much by chance that I actually started competing in strongman. I started training in the gym, lifting weights when I was six, seventeen, maybe eighteen, and um, just kind of got stronger. Now, to be quite honest with you, Keenan, when I started training, as most of us, we didn't have a clue what we were doing, like you know, just lifting weights and trying our best to be strong. But it was actually by chance, and funnily enough. The first time I went out to compete to train strongman was actually with one of your guests you had last week, um, who I went down to the hook down to Ross Tweedy's gym, um, with Paul Roberts, Angelo, and a few other guys, and it just kind of spiraled from there, you know. Very good. So it's like you bit the bug, jumped on the the gain train, and never got off it. <laughs> yeah, I'm still on it. Yeah, you're still on it. So talk to me a bit about that. Um, what you, you competed very intensely for a long time, and then you kind of went off the scene for a bit off radar. What uh, what what went on there? Um, in two thousand and fifteen, two thousand and sixteen, uh, I decided I was going to retire from strongman, and um, I I done I think I done four competitions that year. I won the qualifiers for Ireland's Strongest Man. I came second in the Republic of Ireland's Strongest Man. I think I came fourth or fifth in Ireland's. And then I done the Irish Open and I won it. And I just decided that enough was enough and I just left it at that. Um, the reason being was I, at this stage, had got married. I had a little girl who was, how old was she? She was four. And my wife 
had gotten pregnant. And my, my wife and myself then had, she got pregnant, we're having another baby. I was also working in the fire service. I was working for local authorities as well. And I just couldn't commit to training the way I wanted to anymore. And I decided enough is enough and I just moved away. But I kept promoting the sport, but I didn't think I could give it what I thought it needed. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that kind of explains the absence. Now you touch on the fire service. That sounds like an intense career. Did that play a part in strongman? Did strongman play a part in um, uh, anything with that career? Was it an outlet in any way? How, how did they go hand in hand? No, no. Strongman. I'll be quite honest with you. I, I more or less got the job in the fire service because of strongman. All right. Um. Like when I went to the interview and they found out I was an Ireland's strongest man competitor, it was more or less more questions about strongman than it was actually about fire service. Um, got the job, got in, but it, the fire service, obviously, as a retained firefighter, you're on call 24 7. So I was constantly having arguments with, I won't say constantly having arguments, but, but with the promoters who were trying to get me to compete, I was trying to say to them, look, I can't commit to competing, going here, there, or whatever, because I don't know if I'll be able to get the time off or not. Um, then I could have a training session planned with the lads. The alert would go off. I could be gone for God knows how long. Um, so I couldn't commit to training anymore properly because of the fire service. Uh, I couldn't commit to competing. And I just kind of thought, like, after I, I started the fire service in 2014, and I just kind of thought, like, after the two years, it was all kind of getting, uh, I couldn't commit to the, competing the way I wanted. And if I compete, I wanted to be the best. And I knew I couldn't do that. And I wasn't going to sacrifice not being a good firefighter for a strong man either. So, so I, I called it a day in 2016. But as terms of training, I never stopped training, ever. Like, a lot of people said to me, uh, oh, you're, you're back training. And I said to them, I never stopped training. Do you know, so... As for the fire service, my training was a big outlet for, say, some of the things you would be dealing with as a frontline uh, emergency service worker. Likewise. Um, which it was very helpful for, for me because I could blow off steam in the gym and that, where some people might look at other outlets and some things they, they shouldn't do. You know, if, like, you see a lot of retired uh, emergency service workers, they might have some mental issues. And... and and a lot of it is to do with they don't get, really get counselling properly and stuff like that, you know. And I was lucky enough, I had, I had the gym and stuff that I could use that as an outlet, you know. Well, that's a huge sense of self-awareness, what you said about you saw it as an outlet. Uh, a lot of people aren't aware of how professions, hobbies, interests shape, mould and contribute to their mental health. How yeah. is it that you've got that level of self-awareness? I have, I do, I do, and I've had it for a, a long time now, like, I, the reason I got into training first, Keelan, was an outlet through, uh, through stress, through uh, worry, um, I was about, what, 14 maybe, when I started getting a lot bigger than all my friends, and I was big into GAA and stuff like that, and next day I couldn't get jerseys to fit me. I was and I was always playing, say, cornerback, fullback type player. Couldn't get jerseys to fit. I was playing with a team that rolled me. 
then you know it's stress, you're pulling and dragging at your clothes because you think you look fat or whatever else. So I started training and I obviously got bigger again then. So the football and the, the hurling kind of went out the window and I started to play rugby then. But the gym for me had always been that because I used to kind of go into these kind of, um, before a strongman ever was now, I used to go into these kind of uh, training splits of 12 weeks at a time. I'd shave off my hair. I'd be out running the roads with big bin bags on me. I'd be, you know, just kind of, I needed to do that for my own mental health. At the time, I didn't know that. But now, no I know looking back, I realized that I was suffering with a lot of stress. And um, I suppose you would say mental health as well. Like I, when I was in school, I lost all my hair through stress, got alopecia. And it was, it's only now looking back that I actually realized what it all was. Yes. And you know, as a young kid with hormones and things, you just don't know. So when I started training, I noticed a massive change in myself mentally, and so did everybody else. And it just kind of just skyrocketed from there. And I just—it's a way of life. Like you know yourself with training, you just—you don't know anything else now at this stage. Stage. <laughs> yeah, it's like breathing. You just don't know yeah. how not to do it at that stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So tell me. Um, what would be like a moment of clarity you've had in your life, something that sticks with you and is part of what has brought you to where you are today? Um, in 2009, 2008, 2009, um, my grandfather died. My grandmother died first. Then my grandfather died about three months later. I was very close with them. They more or less reared me. And, um, what happened then was I looked at my grandfather dying. He, he, had, he had cancer. And I was kind of saying to myself, life is too short. Like, if I want to do something, just go and do it. So this is when I decided that I was going to go and do Strongman. It's also when I decided that I was going to get with my girlfriend, who is now my wife, properly. Like We were kind of seeing each other on and off. And like myself and Danica had been, say, seeing each other a long time. And I just kind of said, right. I just need to pull myself together here and go for it. Because there's never a right time to do anything. You know yourself, you just, you just do it. If you don't do it, it'll never happen. So my grandfather dying was a big, big turning point in my life. When I started competing then in 2011. Sorry, 2011, my other grandfather died. Who kind of drove me even more. And then 2012, I don't know if you remember or not, it was the day before the Republic of Ireland's strongest man, my dad died. So that was uh, another thing. I came second in the competition, but to be quite honest with you, I don't even remember the competition. But it's, uh, I suppose, through a lot of uh, loss and everything else, it was just pure anger and aggression that I was able to turn on when I was competing, you know? And were you aware at the time, or was this just a natural process you followed? I wasn't aware until my dad died. And then you recognized the pattern? When my dad died, I was aware. I was able to lose it. Like, I'd often doing lifts. I'd be talking to my dad. I'd be saying, come on now. Come on now, Nico. Let's do this. Or whatever. And it was just kind of a... Uh, I wasn't aware until then. But then I realized that I was able to turn on that, that uh, killer instinct and turn it off again, which was 
obviously good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like the floodgates, the dam burst. Yeah, no, I was I, I, I was aware from then that like I was able to do that. And it that kind of really opened my eyes to life as well. Like, you know, that life is too short and you need if you want to do something, go and do it. Like, you know, and don't don't be waiting for anybody else to give you a pat on the back and tell you, Oh, you should do that or whatever else. It's it's up to you, like, you know. Absolutely. So you mentioned in just a little bit earlier, you said your grandparents practically raised you. Um, what sort of a process was that and how how did that shape and mould you? Well, they, I won't say they probably raised me as such, but I spent most of my childhood there. So my mum and dad were working. So they would have me all day until about six or seven o'clock every day. Do you know? So that was kind of, so I spent most of my childhood with them. Yeah. And then mum and dad then they come home, take us home after work and whatever else. But that was, that was kind of that, you know? Yeah, so they you they were close to your grandparents, uh, not not estranged. So that's why it was an no, effect no, on you. No. Yeah, I got you, Nikki. What would you say that's are right. your values? The values, I value family. Family is uh, one of my biggest values. Um, like, uh, and again, as you get older, you actually realise this. You know, uh, friendship. But as you also get older, you know yourself. Real friends, you can count on one hand, really, people you can depend on. Um, With fingers left over. Yeah, hard work is another one. And believe in yourself. Yeah. That self-belief message is something that I've noticed is a huge common theme between any of the guests that I've had on, because they've excelled in some area of their lives and very yeah. differently, some martial artists, some strongmen, some businessmen, you know, uh, in terms of you know having air conditioning companies, uh, but they've excelled. They've been at the top tier of this endeavor, and they kind of come down to that, that self belief system. So, would you be the kind of person? Does it come from your family, or did you realize it was up to you to have this belief and get stuff done? Um. No, it would come from my parents, really. Like, my my mom and dad were very, very, well, I are. My dad, my dad has passed, but my mom is still alive. And they were both very, very positive people. And they supported, like, me and my two sisters in anything we'd done. Um, and they never told us that we couldn't do anything. You know, it was, if you, if you want to do it, do it. And that was their attitude all the time, you know. And it really kind of... Uh, it molded who I am and my sisters are very successful too and who they are today, you know. So, yeah, I definitely can thank my parents for that, definitely. That's very good to hear because often you hear a lot of people and they become who they become in spite of their parents rather than because of their parents. So that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's really nice that you have that relationships. What would be, um, what's next for you? It's a funny one too. I kind of... Uh, I was having a chat with the chairman of the Strength Association back in February. February, was it? Yeah, February. And uh, we were just chatting about strongman and, and newer generation of strongmen and the way, you know yourself, the way they have to have all the events like fucking months beforehand and blah, blah, blah. And I was kind of saying like, the events shouldn't really matter. Let's just turn up and do them. And um, whatever was said, 
on the Friday night, the deadline for the competition was 12 o'clock and this was like 10 o'clock that night. And we were chatting and next thing he said, it'd be great to have you back or whatever. And I just said, here, throw me name of the hat then. And I had done no, I had done no training for it or anything like that. And I just went and done it. And I kind of done it, I won't say to prove a point, but I kind of done it just to kind of show guys that if you are training, you don't need to be um, training a specific event for six months or anything else. Like, you know, if you're strong, you're strong and you get into it. And so I threw my name in the hat. I got injured during the competition because I had done no strongman training, really. I It was a previous injury from before and I kind of half was expecting it, but got injured. Um, but I still qualified for the strongest man, uh, which is supposed to go ahead in November. So that's next for me, competition-wise. And in work, it will just be keep progressing, you know, and keep playing the ladder, and I'll be pretty happy. Okay. You mentioned injuries. So a couple of things I like in what you just said was, first of all, the mindset that you have. Again, you don't get to being good at what you do without having a strong mindset. Um, on a personal note, by the way, as, as an ex-competitor, I like your idea about the events. Do you know, I used to like that about the Worlds back in the early days. Yeah. That, uh, you know, they didn't... They, first of all, they spent God knows how many weeks on tour competing on and yeah, on. And that was their training uh, to a large degree. And two, it's... Uh, yeah, it kind of, it's nice. There's a bit of surprise in things. And look, if you've got certain weaker events, I remember coming into events and like, instead of stones being on a barrel, they'd go up on a six foot platform and I'd be like, great. But you know what? It was cool. You know, you'd still manage to do them and it was, it was a sense of achievement. So I agree with that on the events. That's an interesting point. And I like that you went and you, you talk, you didn't just talk it, you walked it. And I've seen yeah. you do that a number of times over the years. So with the injuries, um, Strongman is a sport that has lots of them. It's not a question yeah. of uh, if they happen, it's just when and how bad. Now, yeah. I know you to have had uh, an injury or two. What would be your worst injury? Um, my worst injury would be... I hardly had two discs in my back. I blew out my patella. I actually got a full knee reconstruction done. I tore my bicep, tore my peg, hamstring, broken fingers, broke my nose. <laughs> There's. Um, it's not good to try and block a punch with your nose. No, 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 definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. Or, or stop an axle with one. Oh. Um, um, the worst injury I've had was actually before strongman Keelan. Uh, it nearly killed me. I actually broke my back back in 2003 or four, I think. Okay, I like how you built the suspense up to it, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I said I just throw it out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, that was the worst injury I had. I, I, I had an accident and I broke my back, I broke my chest bone, I broke five or six of my ribs as well, I broke my cheekbone. So... And I take it this wasn't from dusting lampshades or something? No, it was a, a tier of scaffolding fell, collapsed and fell down on top of me with about 40 blocks on it. Okay, wow. Yeah. So that's, that's, that was before Strongman. Um, that was another kind of reason why I kept training because they told me if I hadn't been training that time, I would have been dead because I wouldn't have been able to take the impact of the weight and everything. Okay. 
So that was a kind of another one, one other reason why I train. That was the worst injury outside of strongman. Uh, but the sorest one was the peck tear, I'd say. The peck tear was very, very sore. But it's hard to tell. I, I don't know, Keelan. I've had so many injuries, I don't actually know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, you know, it gave us an interesting list, and I learned something new. Tell me, though, how, yeah. what age were you when uh, the scaffolding decided to take a uh, gravity I test? Think I think was 21 or 22. I can't remember. I was around that age. I was around that age, yeah. Oh, how long was recovery? Um, oh, God, Bill. It was a long time. It was about seven or eight months, I'd say, before I felt good, good, good again, you know. But it was, it was funny. I, I only actually found out that I broke my back in 2011 when I went to have the MRI done after the UK Strongest Man on my back. But I herniated two discs in my back in the UK, so the car deadlift. I went and had the MRI done, um, sent me to a specialist in Dublin. We were sitting down chatting, and he said to me, uh, he was basically giving out to me about strongman, you know, saying to me, like, what are you doing, and the usual stuff. And he said, you have a serious back injury. And I said, yeah, I know. And he says, no, you broke your back. He said, you shouldn't be doing this. And I said, oh, what? He said, you broke your back. And I said, yeah, the discs have bought my back. He said, no. You broke your back here behind your sternum and he showed me then on the MRI where I was talking about so what had happened was because of the chest and the ribs with the injury it masked the vertebrae in my back so that it actually never picked it up in the hospital even wow so I was lucky obviously that it didn't do any dam long-term damage really but and the pain with the ribs and that I probably never felt it anyway so, you know so I was I was I was very lucky but look it's uh, I'm still here to tell the tale, so it's grand. <laughs> wow, and uh, and you're still deadlifting. What's your what, what was your max deadlift? Max was uh, three forty six or something like that. Okay, so like you know, you're just playing it up. There's nothing really wrong with you. It didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, at the moment, at the moment, I'm pulling about. I don't actually know what my max is at the moment. Like I deadlifted um. 275 for six reps there last week or week before so i don't know i don't, I don't really train for max anymore like so yeah yeah you know uh, as we uh, educate ourselves and get older we learn to train a bit smarter and uh, <laughs> yeah it doesn't go down the rabbit yeah. hole of max lifting every week and um, no. have you got any other hobbies or interests outside the strongman um i i do i i've a keen interest in dogs i i actually I've been breeding Staffordshire Bull Terriers for, oh, I don't know, 20 odd years. Um, I've had them a long time. I've been interested in, in, I used to do a lot of shooting and fishing and stuff like that. I don't, I don't do that anymore. Um, I love all sport. I love UFC. Um, I would have, what else would I do? I do a lot of walking and stuff as well. Things like that, you know. I, I spending time with my family is my biggest one, really. You know. Well, do you know? They say it's a priority. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, how? What piece of advice would you give? What piece of advice would you give to yourself if you could scale back to uh, to twenty years of age? Um. 
I'd probably just tell myself that things would be all right, just not to be worrying about stuff and just be consistent with everything you do. Not just training, but everything in life. Like if you're, if you're constantly trying to do something, whether it's work, whether it's training, whether it's home life or a relationship or whatever, keep banging on that door. It's eventually going to open, like, you know, so just be consistent. Mm-hmm. It's actually funny you say that. I was having a chat with someone today and I'm quite a fan of expressions, sayings, scriptures, um, don't have to be particularly religious or anything when it comes to the scriptures but the reason I like them is because they've been around for the test of time and when words last through time there's a lot to be learned so only today will we talk about knock and I shall receive you're on about banging on doors yeah. you know you just keep being persistent and it will happen what's the what's the most positive message you could tell somebody um, positive message uh, I suppose like like I, I find myself to be a very positive person, right? So my, I, I, I always think with, look, everybody has their own stuff going on. Everybody does. And I don't think anyone should try knock anybody else and try support anyone if you can. So my message would be, I suppose, help others when you can, when you can. Mm-hmm. And give people advice when you can. And when somebody else gives you advice, take it. You don't have to use it, but take it from people, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it uh, it didn't fall out of the sky, I suppose. No, 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 no. Look, you you know yourself. I'm just going to relate back to training again. Mm-hmm. You're going to have if you're in a in a gym, you're going to have ten different lads telling you how to do something ten different ways. Mm-hmm. You can take take a little bit of what everybody tells you. You can use it, or you can just discard it. But you should still take it on board and and, and analyze it. See. If it fits, you think it will work, try it maybe. If it doesn't, move on. You know, but just be positive in life. Help others when you can and be happy. A very simple message, but again, it falls exactly in line with every other guest I've had. So it must, there must be some clues in that whole success thing. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I presume so. And he, the more, the more, um, these podcasts you listen to, as you said, a lot of the messages are similar similar from other guys uh, that uh, are successful in any sport or any any walk of life or any business. So yeah, there's definitely something in that message. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, just because you've been through your own things and there's different areas that people can struggle with, but from your experience, how would you what would you tell a young man or woman, you know, that's trying to navigate life and they just feel like everything's against them, you know, whether it's their grandfather after dying, whether it's, I don't know, breaking your back and ribs or, or just, but whatever it is, you know, adversity, dealing with, um, you know, just troubled times and they're getting a lot of, they feel sad, depressed, maybe anxious, and just have the odds stacked against them. What would you say to them? What would be a piece of advice you could say, take this away and you'll be able to have a success path? No matter what anyone's situation is, no matter what it is, you, you, don't, you, you can change your path. You know, like no matter what you've done or what you've, you're going through or what's facing you at that time, 
you can change your past going forward. You can't change the past, but it's in the past. So move on from it, you know. Mm. That's the way I kind of look at it because, like, I have a lot, I have friends from all walks of life. And, like, we all done things we weren't proud of. Every one of us did. But you have to move forward. It's what you do in the future that, and, and now, this moment in time, that really matters. Like, so move on. You know, move on. And as I said, be positive and positive things will happen. Yeah. Don't let your past define your future in a nutshell. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. So you've got kids growing up. What's the one thing that you would want for them? I just want them to be happy, Keelan. Um, like I, I always tell both of them, like one is nearly eight, the other is just going on four. And I tell both of them, like this is the thing that was instilled into me as well. It was just follow your dreams, you know, do whatever you want to do yourself when you get older. Like this is the thing, as I said to you before, my parents instilled this into us. My sister actually has this quote tattooed on her foot, follow your dreams. You know, follow, actually, sorry, hers is follow all your dancing dreams because she's a dancer, but it's the same message. Yes. You know, but yeah, that's all I, I tell them all the time, you know. It's, don't matter what they want to do, if they want to do it, do it. You know? I agree 100%. Now, so many people get caught up, I think, in labels and limiting beliefs that, you know, again, by all means, if a person is happy, I would you know, I, I don't go to my way to judge them from the outside. But it does happen. You know, you see people and you can tell they're, they're rough. I was having a conversation with a guy only yesterday. And he's stuck in a pattern that he needs certain circumstances to keep surviving. But those circumstances, they, they don't suit him well. He's got a huge amount of potential. But again, you know, when you surround yourself with certain company patterns, behaviors... It's very yeah. hard to see the positive things in the world. And I said, you know, you really need to pull a rapid change because I see the potential that you have. And you've had a supportive family and parents, which is, which is great. And, yeah. you know, not everybody has that. And, of course, you've, no, had, like you've had your own challenges. But this guy really has it stacked against them. And I've always... Um, it's kind of sad when you see people and, and they, you see all the potential but these limitations are put on them by external circumstances, you know? Yeah. So I kind of, it's nice to hear the polar opposite where you've had it really well in that regard, at least, you know? Yeah. And uh, well, look, it's, it's like, uh, you often hear, hear people saying like, surround yourself with like-minded people, you know? And if you have somebody that's in a, the typical situation, the typical one of a young guy, right? He's hanging out with the wrong crowd. You know, this story. Mm -hmm. And if a young man, especially in their teens or whatever, growing up, are with the wrong guys, they will tend to follow the wrong path because it's what they see every day. But if you take that guy out of there, and if he's uh, a good GA player, you take him away from there and you put him in with the county team or with the panel and he's with the guys all the time, he will start to follow their path as well. Yeah. Now, not everybody does that because you obviously know you can make your own path. But I'm just saying, if you're surrounding yourself by the same like-minded people as yourself, it definitely gives a positive message to you. Yeah, like, absolutely. When, I, when I started competing strongman, if I had been on my own, training in the Woodbine gym where I was training, I would never have progressed as much as I started when I started training very regular with Angelo, with Paul Roberts, with uh, Ross Tweedy, 
uh, then traveling up to see James Fenley, uh, Keith Maher, Richard Looney, all these guys, um, they help, we all helped each other, you know, because if we had them in all training together, we, we wouldn't have been as good. And then we were competing against each other too. So it was, uh, it, it, was, it was good times. But as I said, like, we were surrounded by each other. So that's what we knew. That became your new norm. And uh, that brings to mind a quote that I really like. And successful people, well, you know, successful in your individual measure, whatever it is to you, but you'll always be, you know, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. You know, so it's, it's yeah, as simple exactly. as that. It's it, it comes down to that simplicity again. So, Nicky, yeah. final parting message to Nicky in the future when you see him. You know, what's the what's the what's the North Star? What's the peg? What's the destination? Hopefully, he's not on crutches or on a, in a Zimmer frame or something. That's that's one thing anyway. <laughs> stay away from scaffolding. Uh, stay away from scaffolding. Yeah, that's another one. Um. Hey, what message would I give him, eh? I don't know. He'd probably say I'm an idiot anyway. <laughs> We're still competing in strongman. <laughs> but that's going to happen regardless. Yeah, I, I just kill. I don't know. You have me on that one. I don't know. I really don't know. You go. Maybe I'm leaving you with something to think about. So. Yeah, I think you are. Yeah, I think you are. Hopefully, I don't retire from strongman again this year now because of this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You'd be like, hang on, I just had an epiphany moment. Um, Nikki, I do appreciate your time and coming on. I sincerely do, you know, because I get people from all walks of life. And what I find interesting is, you know, I had another strongman on and he had a completely different background, upbringing, experience, and his view yeah. and lens. But coming out the other side, it's much the same, do you know? Yeah. Don't be disheartened by people stay on your path believe in yourself you know you're the your your friends are your future who you surround yourself yeah. with is what will determine your success and again you know you've come from a different background you've had uh, different jobs as well you know from the fire service to the water council you know competing in strongman yeah. and you're hitting the same messages and i like that because you know it can't be a coincidence that everybody thinks that way and it needs to be heard more and more especially now i think with the way things are in the world a simple conversation like this you never know what the effect of it is who's listening you know you will relate to somebody in a way i won't i might say something that could relate in a way it wouldn't if it was you but i appreciate that you take time i find Kieran, sorry for putting off but i find life is very simple like it's it's when you complicate things that it, it creates problems yeah yeah, 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 absolutely. And uh, didn't Einstein say something to the effect of when it came to complications? If you can't explain something so simple that a child can understand it, you yourself don't understand it enough. You know, yeah, something yeah, to that effect. Yeah. Okay, Nikki, I want to thank you for anyway, coming on. I know it's time out of your day. You were very good to you know join us here. Uh, I'm going to keep an eye on what you're doing. If you break your back anymore in the future, if you set any more records, if you, where you go, and we're going to have you back on again, okay? Yeah, no problem at all. All right, listen, no you all. take care of yourself. Thanks, Galen, you too.